Well, um, I'm Jim Class here, and joining me today is, uh, you can call me Al, on the 11th episode of the, uh, Never Miss Lethal. No, no, we're not, we're not, we're called Never Miss Lethal, we are now the, uh, <laughs> the Elder Scrolls Legends podcast. So, interestingly enough, uh, Atronach seems to, uh, he's been having <clears throat> medical issues, so unfortunately I'm not sure if he'll be able to join us. So we just hope for the best in his health and a possible recovery. And I guess we're gonna two man it. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Um although I do see Matt living in the chat, so if he wants to just hop on and be the first person to ever guest star twice <laughs> on the podcast, we could do that too. But alright. So I'll just give me two steps to get some more on this side. Alright, cool. So I was gonna get some hot water. And we are going to start off. Today's focus of the podcast is talking about tournament tournaments and tournaments formats and kind of just tournament structure within Elder Scrolls Legends. Uh, you saw that Blizzard page, which, which you'll still see because you're seeing my screen right now. Hold on. <laughs> and uh, what we're doing is just kind of going over the tournament formats, explaining them each. All right, I'm ready to go. And what we would like. To see. All right, so let us begin. You can see my screen. I'd be super careful. About whatever I do. All right, <laughs> so let's kick it up. So I guess we'll start off with this kind of general formats. Uh, current well, mm. current formats we have right now. What we have is a conquest, a conquest format, as well as the uh, sideboarding format of the Monday tournament. I know the Tuesday and Sunday tournaments currently run at a Conquest, the Monday, which I cast. There's also a Saturday, which I also believe is also on the uh, Conquest format. And kind of explaining what Conquest is, for those who may be unfamiliar, I guess I'll go through the tournament formats. Uh, I'll go with my sideboard tournament, which I cast every Monday. Basically, is you bring one deck, uh, I mean, class you like. But you get only about you get a ten card sideboard. These are ten cards exactly, not unique cards, but ten cards exactly. So if you have a three of the same card, that counts towards the total of ten. Um, basically, what this would mean is you at first you play three matches. Uh, best to have three, really. So after the first match, you're allowed to now pick from your sideboard in an attempt to counteract your opponents. So that's that. And then Conquest is a format where, well, current Conquest formats, I believe, are they run, you're running four decks. Um, <coughs> you each get a ban, currently. And then um, you battle out the three until you, until somebody, I believe, is out of all their decks. So once you lose all your decks, the Conquest, it is over, and then you are now and that mat, and that series of, of mat, that match series is over. And in the next format I'm going to mention is the last real standing. Similar to conquest, you'll be multiple decks, but this one's almost like the op, the inverse, where you do not stop playing until you have uh, won with all your decks. The just format we don't currently have that. I believe the Sunday and Tuesday tournaments used to be that way. They switched over to Conquest since people found that a bit more interesting. And the final is the reason I had the Blizzard, I swear I'm not selling out guys, Kappa. But 
the strike format, which is a new kind of format that I found pretty interesting. They have a little infographic. You choose three decks, and you actually, and each player gets to ban two matchups of the three decks. So player one will ban a matchup, player two bans the second, third, and then player th and player one will ban the fourth one. Yeah. And then you play out the remaining matchups in a best of five series. And this is a newer format that I found rather interesting. So I guess I'll start off with trying to explain my uh, favorite <coughs> format. I've, you know, I've been, and I don't want to be too biased despite me casting this uh, tournament, tournament <coughs> on Monday, but I was big in favor of the sideboard format as I feel like it allows some interesting things, you know, to convert decks completely. Although I do would say I would tie it with the Conquest format, only counting mm -hmm. just showcasing multiple decks is ideal. So I've talked your ears off. Wow. So I'm going <laughs> to now allow um, Al to give his thoughts on each of the formats. And Al, please. Okay, so so you said that you think Conquest is, is that your favorite? Yeah, I'm going Conquest. Okay. Uh, and is it the Last Hero Standings the format they've gone with for the Tuesday and Sunday ones now, right? Or is that uh, Conquest is the Tuesday Sunday. Have they not changed that though? Uh, no, I think okay. they went from Last Hero Standing to Conquest. Well, Last Hero Standing is you have to win with all your decks, and Conquest is if you're if you lose with all your decks, you're out. No, it's Tuesday round, right? Yeah, you don't change decks. So when Conquest, you don't change decks until you lose. In Conquest, you don't change decks until you lose. No, no, in, in Last Hero Standing, you, if you win oh. with the deck, you carry on with it, right? So the way oh. around. Oh, okay. So I'm mistaken, everyone. Yeah, uh, you just, you just, <laughs> everything's right. Just swap it the, the other uh, the, around. The right? swap Conquest so, and Last Hero Standing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sounds good so, to me. Um, so is your favorite Last Hero Standing, then? then it's going to be Last Hero Standing. <laughs> yeah, the one they currently use. Okay, right. So is that over Strike as well? Strike? I, I don't like banning matchups, but just, you mm. know, I feel like... There's a strategy in having, you know, I lost with this deck, so now what do I do to try to counteract yeah. my opponents? I think Strike mm -hmm. is potentially cool. I just find it to be, uh, I, don't like I don't like the banning of matchups too much. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with the idea that Conquest isn't great. Uh, I don't really like... Um, uh, you know, it basically, if you, you, you know, you know what your opponents bring or whatever, like, you, in a Conquest format, you basically randomly determine what decks you bring, right? You, what decks you pick for each matchup. Like, people have sort of likened it to you just, you just type them into a random number generator website and then just, so there's no strategy whatsoever in, like, what decks you pick. Whereas with last year, uh, last class standing, there's, um, there's like some, you know, there's, there's, there's part of the, the matchup and the game is to pick the, pick which matchup goes first and stuff. So I do like that. And, um, uh, so, I mean, I'm definitely more of a fan of Last last Class Standing than Conquest, but, uh, I mean, like, with Last Class Standing, sort of, bans are really important, you know, because, so, with the Tuesday Tournament, they've decided to go with the Last Class Standing with one ban, and I think with just Last Class Standing without a ban, then it's kind of a problem, right, because people usually, when they win with one deck, then they can sweep 3-0, that happens quite a lot, so, to counteract that, having a ban in place, I think, works really well, so I like what they've done there. Um, like last class standing, it rewards like a variety of strategies, right? So it's good for a, it's good to watch on a stream because in in a conquest format, usually the best strategy is just to roll three of the same type of deck, right? So you just try and ca you you try and like beat one of your opponent's decks. You pull out three aggro decks and then you punish their mid range deck or something like that. So three mid range decks and punish their control deck. So 
um, last class standing sort of rewards innovation and uh, like different. Um, it rewards like you know running different stuff, which obviously everybody likes to see, right? Like support mage and control spell sword. I know you're a big fan of. So uh, you know people like to see the, these more innovative decks and things that you know um, like can utilize the fact that you can counter queue. So so I think last class standing is absolutely superior to conquest. Um, I mean, the real question I think is whether strike is like a viable alternative. And I think that, you know, some of the pros of Strike as a format, um, it adds a lot more depth to the pick ban like portion of the match. Because, like, you know, I know, like I said, you don't really like banning matchups, but, like, you can't deny that banning matchups is, like, a, it's a really sort of, you know, intricate and difficult thing to do, like, knowing which matchups to ban and things. And there's a lot more thought in that than, say, Conquest or Lassio Standing, right? So, so I think that's one of the pros, and I kind of like that. But also, it's a bit of a con, right? Because new players who, you know, new players who want to play in these tournaments... They're going to be like dissuaded a bit, I think, because of how complicated strike is, and also like people watching the stream. Uh, so you know, like TSL Champions Series or whatever. Say they run a strike format, then um, and then like somebody watching the stream, they're going to be like, you know, oh, what the hell's going on? Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean you ban a matchup? Because not only like a lot of these people are coming from Hearthstone, and most people probably haven't even heard of strike. Like, uh, RDU, I think came up with the uh, came up with the format. I don't know, like six months ago or something like that. And then like e even since then, it's not been that many tournaments, right? So. People won't really know what's going on. I think that's a bit of an issue. But just in terms of competitive integrity, like I think Strike's a really good format. Um, it's just because I mean the thing is you can you can ban like it, it it sort of rewards decks that would otherwise be strong if it wasn't for a really bad matchup, right? Like Control Mage has a pretty strong matchup against a lot of things. It's just weak to like ramp scout, right? So like if you can ban that one control mage ramp scout matchup, then that deck becomes a lot better. So I don't know, I think, and it says, I mean, you can do that with Last Hero Standing with a ban, because you can ban their best ramp scale, right? But then, like, your entire lineup becomes, like, you have to counter ramp scale. You have to, like, you know, bring decks that are weak to ramp scale in that case. Whereas with Strike, you can you can really just focus on that one matchup. So I think it rewards, like, more decks that usually wouldn't see play, right? And then decks that, like, don't see play on the ladder because they're not good against the field. So I think that's a good thing. But again, like it, for newer players, if, if in a tournament you see a bunch of decks that you wouldn't see on ladder, that's not very good because a lot of people watch tournaments because they want to know what decks are good, right? So, yeah, there's pros and cons to all the formats, I think. Yeah, so. yeah I'd say that's an interesting thing about uh, the ban with uh, Last Hero Standing. It's always, I like, you know, when there is one deck that's kind of maybe, I guess, hmm. Well, Strike rewards game knowledge in a sense, right? You're rewarded yeah, for understanding, yeah. having a, a deep understanding of the matchups or understanding, you know, understanding how they work. And then you can try to, you know, with you, let me let's review it. You get a total of, yeah, you ban two matchups, the three decks, and then you play a best of five. Mm -hmm. And you can pick, you could actually really set your lineup to really, you know, I think, and I think that's the thing that I think, What's up? Or current in the current? I look in the terms of the current meta. Maybe how uh, you can ban. You know, out of your three decks, you could ban two of the worst matchups. Like Control Mage getting rid of Ramp Scout does feel pretty amazing. <laughs> and then you'd get one additional ban depending on what other decks. So perhaps you bring the Ramp Scouts, and you're just not feeling that Token Crusader matchup. You can ban that mm -hmm. out too. So I suppose it does reward game sense. But last real standing, I think the ban really. I feel like, how do I put this? I think this could invoke more thought, like, yeah, so I have to pick one of your decks. Especially, I think, as the tournament scene grows, 
players get to know each other, I think. Yeah. I really like when somebody has their deck. And it's like the concept yeah. of like that rivalry of I just banned out your best deck. I know, you know, mm-hmm. throw some names. Mm-hmm. I know like Atronach, Atronach, for instance, loves spell sword. Maybe I just don't want to face his spell sword. And I'll take the potential chance. I mean, I don't think anyone ever really goes with the mentality of targeting a specific specific player with their ban on accounting. You may never play that person. Yeah. So, but I think. Hmm. So, what one do you think rewards? Well, I'd say, I'd say, I guess if you look at the rewards and cons. So, I'm gonna say strike definitely rewards your game knowledge, playing the game quite a bit, yeah. understanding the matchups. I mean, like, it can't be a bad thing, right? That like rewarding okay. game knowledge for a tournament surely is what you want. You want the best player to win a tournament, right? So, absolutely. And a lot of people were mentioning that. Well, as we're looking through the article and looking through people's thoughts in general. And mm-hmm. a lot of people seem to agree that it kind of reduces maybe some of the variance. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely does, yeah. Even to get this flat out, get a. I will say, I do hate the concept of an auto loss. I mean, no match is auto loss, but sometimes when you're like a control mage versus Ram Scout, yeah. it can feel very well, I think one-sided. In Hearthstone, there are a lot of matchups that I think were more auto loss than like in Elder Scrolls. It's just my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like in Elder Scrolls, like even things like aggro, you know, like Prophecy Battle Mage against Midrange Sorcerer or Control Mage against Ramp Scout, like there's not that many auto loss sort of matchups. So it does mean that strikes, I think, less relevant. Like maybe, like in, in, in Hearthstone, you could like, like Freeze Mage would never see play in tournaments without strike, really, because I don't know, you didn't play Hearthstone, right? But like it, this, this Freeze Mage deck had like really good matchups against like. Warlock and things like that, but then really bad matchups against other decks, and then like it just allowed it to see play because of strike. And then in this game, I don't think that's as prevalent. Um, but then, like, I mean, potentially, like the, the thing is, like, like you said, I mean, the uh, the the additional benefit of like there's sort of a trade-off, right? There's a trade-off between professional, like, oh, no, I don't say professional, like, the better players, like, you know, being able to abuse the format more, and, you know, that's got to be a good thing, but also you do want it to be accessible to newer players, right? So there is a trade-off, like, you can't just, you can't just immediately go with a format that requires the absolute most skill. So I think that has to be a trade-off, right? Because the viewers need to understand it, and I don't want to, like, say everyone who's watching that isn't a, you know, a top-level player is an idiot, but, like, if, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it is fairly complicated to get your head around. Like, not the actual concept of just banning a matchup, but then, like, why the players ban the matchup and things like that. Like, even the casters might struggle to, like, you know, you know think about the thought process and fly. It's a complicated thing. So, and then, uh, even with the strike format, like, I know you said that there was, uh, you know, it was, like, one player bans, then the other player bans two, and then the first player bans again. But even then, like, shortly after that first, when Ardu announced that, I think he, he decided that it wasn't even the best way to do that. Like, math, there's a lot of maths that goes into it, and I think, like, there's even debate as to which way to ban. Like, that's quite a complicated thing as well. Like, because if you do the one person bans, then another person bans two, and then one person bans again, then, like, I think they worked it out, and I'm pretty sure the first player, like, wins most of the time if you do that. So they need to, like figure out the there's a lot of kinks in strike that need to be figured out, I think. Whereas in like conquest or last year standing, it's pretty much like solved as to what the best way to do it is. So Okay. Yeah. Well a couple, my opinion on it. Alright, a couple points I guess. I'll go the first point I guess I'll go with the uh, accessibility to new players. Which made mm-hmm. me kind of think of the sideboarding format being the almost the starter tournaments. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Like maybe mm-hmm. down the road we have smaller tournaments targeted towards new players to try to get them involved. In mm-hmm. some sort of community or something like that. Um, and kind of the sideboard requires one deck, ten, and then ten side cards. I think for the newer players, you really you know, focus on building that one deck because they're still, yeah. you know, 
didn't spend too much money on the game, or free to play, to be able to grind out a single deck, and then finally be able to actually you know, go in and uh, attack there. Uh, yeah. Give me just a moment, actually. I have like thunderstorm <laughs> in the middle of my damn summer. Yay, upstate New York. Yeah, we we had one a couple of days ago, so. Yeah, I'm getting so, it, okay. But uh, anyway, continuing <laughs> on. Um, so I think the formats definitely do get into that interesting summer. Definitely going to be more f f uh, new player friendly. But how, mm. I mean, from a, I guess from a spectator aspect, which ones are better? I think, much as I love, I love, I cast the, the weekly Monday sideboard tournament, but is that the most fun to watch? I think it is exciting with multiple different matchups. Uh, yeah, from definitely. You see so, the same two decks for three games, so yeah. Yeah. Like. So I think, yeah, I mean, and if sideboards allow you to, sh and that's the weird thing about sideboards, because it can be kind of cool to see a, you know, the face battle. Maybe. I talked about this in the tournament cast on Link uh, two weeks ago, I believe, where the face battle mage, you are wondering if you convert it to a prophecy battle mage, mm. as in the face would be better versus control decks, but against the more mid-rangey decks, 10 cards potentially lets you shift that deck, transform that deck into the, you know, the heavy prophecy variant. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be very interesting. But at the same time, what's you know, a proper sideboard size in that format? You don't want to have a yeah mage. Yeah, like, some people something like mage is pretty could be pretty dominant. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking to that, um, I think something in this that's unique to this game is that, and it's you know, I'm, I'm really loving the game at the moment. I think the meta's in a pretty good place. Like, but I mean, I think mage is pretty dominant, right? There's there's plenty of variants of mage that are really strong. Yeah. Like some people think mid range mage is the best deck in the game. Some people think that you know aggro token mage is the best deck in the game, right? So, um, I think how the different tournament formats deal with mage specifically is actually a relevant issue. And the sideboarding format doesn't deal with mage very well because like a mage can transform really easily. And, have quite abused that format so then if we look at strike and last last uh, class standing like how do they deal with mage well last class standing deals with mage really well right because you ban it right you can just completely ban out your opponent's mage deck and you don't have to worry about it but with strike um decks that have multiple like variations or multiple um sort of you know different versions you can run like if somebody's bringing mage you just see the class right you don't see the deck list so you see the class and then you see oh are they running token mage are they running mid-range mage are they running control mage you just don't know so banning up matchups becomes a lot more difficult so mage in a strike format is actually really powerful and it's the same for a sideboard format whereas in um in last class standing with a ban, like mage is way less powerful. So I think that's actually a relevant issue. I think dealing with mage as a class is like, a, a, you know, something that formats have to like merge around. And currently, because mage is so powerful, I think last class standing potentially is the best format for doing that. So I agree. something to consider. Because sideboard doesn't exactly the sideboard doesn't isn't fair. I'd say yeah. Once I like yeah, the tournament, can, yeah. some classes are just going to be better at sideboarding than other classes. Similar mm -hmm. what they have available to them. So they're. <laughs> I think it does create a sort of a power imbalance. Yeah. So I think, sure. you know, Mage ends up being, uh, let's see, non, okay, I see. So I think Mage just needs to be, uh, yeah, I think you gotta, when you consider tournament formats, you have to consider, like, you know, because something, like, like we just said, that Mage is just really strong in that format and sideboard mm -hmm. because 10, and reducing the sideboard, I don't think really. Aids in that situation, as it means yeah. just constantly it's this dominant position. So I'd say, 
we could almost, if we want to do an official tournament, I think we could reduce the, uh, you know, we can, we can, we could definitely count out to the sideboard format. Last yeah. class with a band seems like the most fair. I mean, we haven't mm -hmm. really seen a strike tournament. I'd be very interested to maybe test grab some people in, do a test tournament of both if possible. Or yeah, yeah, small, that'd be a good idea. Thank you. See what goes. Yeah, a small eight person tournament or something, and just have them attempt the strike format and see to see how, how it goes over. You know, I see. I think you know a lot of members of the community. Um, with the well, I guess I'll just talk about Bradford and Swiddy's Tuesday and Sunday tournaments are great. The Monday tournament hosted by TCG Esports, which I cast, um, yeah. is another great tournament. So right now we're all community run. So I suppose this is the chance to potentially you know run these tournaments. And I think it's great information for Bethesda to be able to see these tournaments and kind of you know kind of see engage the community ideas. You know they get to mm -hmm. they get to see like what the community enjoys. And they get to see what works, you know. They get to, I mean, they they can watch these tournaments and get the data. They don't need to run. They don't need to risk, you know, running a tournament that people didn't like. They can have yeah. these raw data they already have and to see. All right, well, it looks like sideboard favors some decks far more than others. Some are just more flexible. Mm -hmm. That's just the nature of them. Well, some classes have a very, you know, solid game plan. Others can be mixed around. Um, so I think these community tournaments are excellent. Regards to that, and I guess I'd like to see. I would like to see a strike tournament done, and Tesla, mm -hmm. especially while we're young, and let's, let's see how that rolls over. Because yeah. that potentially could be the most fair. As the more I think about the whole banning of class, banning of matchups is very interesting. Because one, you are rewarding a skill of game sense. You're also, you know, rewarding, you know, deck diversity in a sense. Like, yeah. And I think, you know, you have to be understanding your deck, as well as all the matchups, and expect it. I think it adds a layer of strategy, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. One game, I'm going to get a little off topic and talk about another game here, League of Legends, and how their, how the first, how the ban phase, and that affects yeah. the decision. So player one gets the first ban, player two now gets to consider why he banned that particular matchup. Mm -hmm. what, and, he, and player two is rewarded with... Um, Bands two and three. Mm -hmm. So, because you see that your opponent bans your ramp scout with your mage, you now see, alright, he's obviously trying to get that control mage out of his worst matchup. You would like to see, you know, maybe you brought, I don't know, face battle mage, and you're like, alright, well, let me ban that. You need the next ban. I think it's just the fact that you can, like, really. And you can ban any matchups you want out of three decks. So if you want to target mm -hmm. one deck hard, I guess you could. That yeah, you can work. play a light class class standing and just ban one deck out, yeah. I mean, that could work against you. But if depending on, again, knowing the game sense, knowing the, you know, the, the matchups, the decks themselves, what's popular. Although on the, on the flip side, though, you know, you see in these tournaments, a few players, I'd say we could say Cassettin and... Peter Max come to mind, who don't really <laughs> play conventional decks. Yeah. Now this mm -hmm. is where it gets tricky in this format. I say your game sense is great, but when they bring out something, so you're banning out this deck, Scout, but it wasn't really a Scout that you were thinking of. It was you know something with an alter and shout focused. So you're worried about that matchup, and then you're maybe willing to face the spell sword. 
but it was nothing like you were expecting. It was that mid-ranged, you know, uh, Iron Smith kind of deck. Yeah. So I think that's another interesting thing about that. You can easily just get thrown for a wall there, which is I think is fine though because yeah, yeah it's after a good thing, though. after game sense it comes down to your well another part of game sense is just be able to decide, um, you know. How good, like, how good are you at just playing the game and seeing what your opponent does and trying to figure right. out his game plan and how to stop it and how to continue executing your win conditions? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of, um, like, I don't know what you want to call them, like, not admin, but uh, logistical sort of things to bring up here. Like, so one is another maybe potential problem with Strike is that, like, for tournament organizers, it'd be quite difficult to run. I think they'd have to sort of explain it at the beginning of the tournament, like, pretty in depth and talk about their matchups, like we said before, is going to be difficult. But also just like, you know, giving enough time, right? Because I know for, I'm playing the last class standing, I sort of spend, a, you know, maybe a minute or two deciding what deck I want to play first and things like that. Whereas with, um, and with the banner stuff, but then with like strike format, I'd, I'd have to spend ages, like really thinking on the matchup. <laughs> and then uh, when they ban one, I'd just be like, God, right, so what are they, you know, what are they trying to do here? And yeah. kind of mind getting out and stuff. And then the other thing is, um, what do you think about people, you know, like maybe when the game becomes more popular, like people sort of, uh, scouting other players and like streamers and things to see what they're running, right? Because if the game becomes like I know in Hearthstone that definitely happens, right? People people see like oh what's uh, Ratsman playing or you know something like that, like what's he playing and uh, how can I like beat him if I'm going to play him in this upcoming tournament? So like, what do you think about that? Do you think that's like do you think that's a good thing to do or do you think to promote or do you think that's like unhealthy for the game? I love scouting, right? I watch football, yeah. you know, they scout each other there a bit. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I watched yeah. when I was in high school and wrestling when I was in college and high school and wrestling. Um, you know, like you know, I'd like see if I could find bits of the guy I'm gonna go. You know, we had a match a day. Yeah. We had a match that week I, or two, and I'd like, especially in college, we need to just go on YouTube, find someone's match, and just study mm. their style. You know, and it's like, all right, he's gonna go for this move, so you can kind of see, you know, if you catch a stream and seeing, you know, and as a streamer, I think you you're aware of that. That mm-hmm. tournaments coming up, people are especially someone like Link, who consistently does well on ladder. And has a pretty strong yeah. tournament showing. Yeah, you yourself as well. You know, you're streaming a lot. And you were consistently doing well in tournaments. So someone may view your stream and say, Alright, what has Al been playing all this week? Looks like mm-hmm. he's doing some tournament prep. You know, what kind of decks is he running? And I think this also encourages more community-based things. I know uh, another published kind of flex has a practice squad he kind of started up. So I think yeah. that kind of makes me do that, and these little. And I love that. I love that concept. Me and Flex have played some like, scrims and stuff together, and I think that's fantastic. I really want the competitive scene to develop, you know, into that because I think that's what makes it really like it really drives the the player level up, right? That's something like that existing. Exactly. I like I like that. Like you know, people kind of getting together, and I think you know it lets more flexibility of trying new concepts as well, mm-hmm. so you're not really, like, worried about ladder, and some people want to get, because, of course, ladder affecting tournaments, currently the Invitational hosted by Bradford and Swithy, for example, yeah. uh, is ladder, so being able to practice with a teammate, and, uh, you know, kind of just try your concepts without worrying about ladder rank, as well as you can target matchups, which is always nice, which mm-hmm. I love, like, hey, you know... My mage is having an issue with sorcerer. I kind of ticked it up then. Maybe sorcerer is just more popular or whatever for a particular reason. My uh, mage, I ticked against that. Can we just run that matchup and see kind of so a few variations of uh, 
of the uh, sorcerer, and then you just run that through, through and through. I just love that competitiveness. As someone who loves, yeah. you know, seeing it in sports and then seeing it, you know, in, in esports, I think that's a sign of it evolving. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just to that point, especially with strike. Like the uh, like ladder becomes way less useful for like strike as a format because you know like we talked about the uh, the decks that you see in strike are just not like the ladder decks at all because to play a deck on ladder like like for example Merrick Battlemage is pretty good on ladder right because it has decent matchups across the board against most things except like midrange sorcerer or something right um, or like token crusader or something it's pretty decent matchups against a lot of things and then uh, you don't really want to play control or like maybe not control mage and like a ramp heavy you know meta on the ladder or something like that whereas like with these scrims it would really encourage people to scrim each other just because. You could really like because if you know if you're if my opponent's playing scout, I'm always going to ban that scout control mage matchup around and bring control mage right. You can spend your time practicing control mage against other decks. So you know in scrimming and stuff. And I, I like like we just talked about. It's a fantastic community. And for my um, I know for my profile, a player profile or whatever for uh, the Bradford Lee like uh, TSL Champion Series like tournaments. My uh, my quote I think was something to do with like you know enjoying this game because I'm really looking forward to the really like high level competitive scene developing. And I think that's just why I love card games. It's why I love you know, all the other card games I play, chess, things like that, just because the, uh, the, the that really high-level competitive play is just such a satisfying experience. So, yeah, I think I think maybe, you know, like, t- at least testing out these new tournament formats drives us to a place where we can actually use those, uh, we, can, we can, like, get to the place where those that, like, high-level sort of play exists within the community, and that's just brilliant. Absolutely. I'm really excited about that, man. Like, it, yeah, yeah. That what makes the game more exciting for both to play and to watch. Just having you know more and more idle gameplay and just people upping the competition, you know. Now I think this mm-hmm. season of ladder with that thirty-two man rotational announce is set to probably be one of the strongest. You know, let people now have motivation, a goal to get that ladder. You know, you, yeah, you already, I've already seen it. People are already you know going hard on the ladder, smashing through, and now it makes so much sense. Now when you start having more and more tournaments. Know, these cash prizes are going to you know, motivate people to really go get yeah. it, and then now people are going to, in different formats, test different skill sets. And now people want to win, so they're going to try to find ways to evolve, right? That is, mm-hmm. is evolving. And now you have, you know, like I said, practice squads. People are really trying new concepts, trying to. I love the concept of like a think tank, where a group of people get together and think of a concept of a deck. Kind of had this myself with uh, actually Atronach. He's running, yeah, yeah. running spell sword, and we kind of just we would sit down and think about different card choices and mm-hmm. evolve the deck. And now you know, I want to see this more in the competitive scene in tournament play as people really, really t- push you know the envelopes, especially because tournament format is not like a ladder. You don't have to think too much about the various. Well, matchups, you can kind of see, okay, what are people bringing in this tournament? What are they seeing? I, you can really mix it up. And depending, again, different formats, you may have a very unusual scout that doesn't, that may not do good well against Mage. It could be crazy. You could be the scouts. You could actually bring like a mid-range scouts, which, is, which Mage typically would have a better time dealing with. However, mm-hmm. you know, the Mage player is going to ban them when he sees your scout. You mean, you know, you've been practicing with your practice squad, with your team, whatever, and that maze player's like, oh, okay, well, there it is, let me just go ahead and, you know, ban that, and the scout player's like, sweet, I, I you know, I kind of baited, I kind of lured him into banning, and then when he, he actually does play it, 
with potentially a matchup he thought was favorable, boom, all of a sudden, caught off guard, and that just takes it to another level, you know, it's a lot of, makes it more, I mean, it's already a game about the mind and strategy, you actually just enhanced it to a whole new level than kind of seen with just the concept of just trying to fake your opponent out. And I think that's just fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. It's a sort of whole new like meta develops outside of the ladder meta in sort of, in tournament within the tournament scene itself, like from week to week in the tournaments. I mean that's sort of happened now with the uh TSL Champion Series tournaments, you know, the sort of a meta that's developed and people are bringing, like, decks to counter each week. Like, usually the winner and, like, run-up of the league before, people sort of bring more decks to counter those sort of decks, and then some people, you know, counter again, and it's sort of like level thinking, right, where if he's going to bring this, I'm going to bring this, but if he knows I'm going to bring that, I'm going to bring this instead. So, like, yeah, I think it's just fantastic. Um, exciting times. Really, it's exciting times. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I think it's a good idea. You know, it needs to be set up by somebody, like, trying out this strike format because it just encourages all these positive things. I think, like I said, the worst thing, I think the, the worst problem with it is just the mage problem where it deals with mage in a in a sort of worse way than last class standing does. But other than that, I'm, pr I'm pr pretty much like the format the way it is. So I think it needs to be tried. Exactly. I hadn't even, I hadn't even heard of it really until recently. So uh... <laughs> Exactly. I was like, I, yeah. I'm very interested in potentially starting something up, maybe getting a prize pool or something. Mm -hmm. I was certainly interested in just testing this format out whether it be invitation or just doing a sign up first first come first serve kind of basis but i think it's something that definitely would need to be tested and definitely developed on i think it you know the more we try i mean we're still i mean hey this game came out in what like march i'd say a lot of people i mean we, we just got our mobile release and we're mm -hmm. seeing the group five thousand downloads on android by the way i know yeah Ex something extra excellent news there so mm -hmm. it's definitely something to see that we are, in fact, growing, and we're for sure going to, you know, we need to, like, test things out, you know? Like, we have to, we have, yeah. while we have a chance. I imagine say, yeah, yeah. next year is when the tournament scene gets supported by Bethesda, maybe even later this year. Yeah. So I think the more data we can get, and the more legitimate we can make these tournaments, sure, it may not be the official world championships, but... Now is a chance to grow the tournament scene in the sense that there's influx of players who want to play and get interested. Then you get the people you know interested in sponsorships, right? Like there's going to be there's going to be companies who want to make money, and they see these tournaments. And if your tournament is big enough, they would like to invest in that to try to get you to show you know their thing or whatever. And I think we should all. I think the efforts being done so far are fantastic. I like to continue. That's why I kind of joined with the casting of that uh, the Monday tournament because I truly, truly want, you know wanted to like, grow a tournament scene and show what's available and just make it more exciting. Two verse play, watch. Man, there's nothing more exciting than watching the final the final game uh, of, of a money series when it's yeah. one to one. Winner yeah. takes it. I mean, sure, mm -hmm. you get a prize in second place, but no one wants a damn silver medal. Yeah, like, no, no. One, no You didn't, like, you know, it's a 35 for first place, uh, 15 for the second. No one thought about the $15 when they answered that. Yeah. No one yeah. heard $15, right? No one said, well, you know, if I, uh, even if I don't do too well, I think, no, they were like, I want to take this $35, I want to take this mm -hmm. damn money, and I want to just roll with it. And I think that is just exciting. And then, Seeing, you know, post-game streams or even interviews, you're seeing the, the nerves, 
hearing the shakiness of the voice, you really get that yeah. feeling of people are ready and they're really into it. And I think people enjoy that. I plan on doing, you know, more post, you know, match interviews because I think people yeah, it's uh, a brilliant idea, I think. truly enjoy that. Like, people get to truly, truly get to uh, enjoy that. Yeah, they're like, you know, hearing what the, like, just from many different aspects, like hearing what the person like was thinking with the lineup and the plays and things like that, but also just going over some of the plays throughout the game and then just how they feel about winning and stuff. It's really brilliant. I think interviews, but like they do it in basically every other esport and sport. I think it's a, it's a really good way to like sort of connect with the player in the tournament. I think to your point of like the uh, the prize pool, like people get excited when there's $50 on the line, everybody wants to win it. Like now that the, the uh, TSL Championship Series has brought out these like, you know, $300 prize, like, whatever, yeah, I think it's $300 prize for the first place and stuff like But the difference between first and second is huge. So there's going to be a lot of nerves, I think, for players playing in these tournaments, getting to the high end. And, like, when you get to that final game, you're thinking, geez, I'm, like, I'm, I'm you know, one match, one series away, potentially one game if he gets to two all from winning, like, either, you know, $100 or 300 And that's, like, you know, quite a big difference. So, yeah. And especially when the tournament scene develops, like from Bethesda, when there really is big prizes, like it's just fantastic. It's fantastic to see, like even the most like resolute people just crumble under the pressure. <laughs> it's just awesome. So I mean, face cams as well, right? Face cams are uh, hopefully something that's going to eventually be introduced because I think they're they're a cool idea as well. Just uh, people are mixed on whether they think it'd be good or not, but seeing like you know the intense concentration, I know is really enjoyable for me. So on the players' faces, so that's something that also could be introduced. And to your point of. Um, of like you know Hearthstone and and the the tournament scene developing the next year or so like in I played since like beta from Hearthstone as well and the first year of the tournament scene there was basically non-existent right the first Hearthstone World Championship was like a it was completely different to the second third and fourth or whatever like you know they, they, were, they were very different it, um, and I think most games have that first year where you know the competitive competitive scene sort of develops after release so we've got you know another like eight months or so whatever it is ten months where you know we're probably going to iron out the uh, the tournament format crinkles and see what works and things like that. And then hopefully Bethesda at that point will will start putting big money on the line. So exciting times to come. I don't know if you want to talk about the, uh, the actual tournament formats themselves, like single elimination or anything like that now, or what? Oh, well, I just realized, well, Atronach, Atronach just came in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he just mentioned, he just messaged so. I linked him to the Discord that we're currently in mm-hmm. uh, to have him come in. Up, oh, he's in the chat. Uh, I guess he's maybe setting up his mic. But while <laughs> he's doing that, we can uh, yeah, we can talk about the, the two out of three. Uh, so I guess in a tournament, I really like the best two out of three. Not too long, yep. not too fast. My one quip was a t- Monday tournament, which I cast, for instance. I'd actually really like to see the finals be best out of five instead. Yeah. I just feel the finals get a bit more prestige, and I think with all the money prize being on board, I think we definitely want to enhance that. I mean, I'm from the, I come from the angle like obviously logistically, you know, like a time limit is like needed, and sort of the way you run a tournament, you know, best of three maybe is better for time limits. But I think just for me, best of fives is just especially for a card game, like maybe chess or something. Best of three can work, but in a card game, like best of five, I think is absolutely necessary to get the best player to win a tournament, really. And, you know, going on top of that, I think best of five single elimination isn't even enough, right? I'm really on the end, like on the spectrum of, you know, like time conserving and like tournament high-level play. I'm really on the tournament high-level play thing. I think people, the, the tournament organizers need to make time for these things. Like maybe tournaments are a bit longer, you know. Some people won't watch the whole tournament. Some people only come in for the second half and things. So I think that's fine. I think just making a tournament a bit longer and then playing like double elimination, 
um, best of five. Like, I think it really does add to the the quality of the tournament. Like, you don't really want to say, you know, see someone who's made amazing plays throughout the tournament, you know, and then just get beat by, like, two look sort of unlucky games at the end, right? You, don't, you yeah. really don't want to see that. So... I think best of five double elimination is the way to go, and even and even then, like maybe Swiss or group stage if it's possible, like would potentially be even better. But like at the very least, I think double elimination best of five for me throughout the entire tournament, really. Huh. Yeah, throughout the whole tournament. Because I mean, double elimination it only it doesn't really add any more time. You can run both like you know halves, like you, the losers half and the winners half, like at the same time. So it doesn't add that much more to the tournament. And then like I just think best of three, like anybody can lose a best of three. Like, you know, the best player in the game could lose the best of three potentially against, like, a really mediocre player, right? And you really don't want to see that in a tournament. You want to see the cream, you know, the, the cream of the crop. You want to see, like, the, the best players rise to the top. So I think the only way to do that is the best of five, in my personal opinion. Oh, I think I agree with Al. <laughs> Atronach, whoa! Oh, <laughs> we, see, we see what you are passing. We're actually holding a memorial service for you. We're having National Spell Sword Control Day, but... This is better. Hey, <laughs> so please continue. What do you think? I am so sorry for being late, by the way. You know. <laughs> it's okay. We're almost just done. It's fine. But <laughs> no, but you say so you also uh, enjoy the the three, the best three out of five format. Yeah, I mean, I think like for now though, like realistically, I we should definitely just start with making the finals at least best of five, because mm -hmm. it just watching it, it just feels kind of anticlimactic when it just ends in a 2-0 to zero, or like even if it goes 2-1 to one, it just feels really short when you're watching the finals this I agree with 100% uh, that's why I said I wanted I think 2 out of 3 as you're going to tournament play but I think finals should have that prestige you know if we're going to call it a grand final I don't want it to be treated like every other match I think 3 out of 5 for a finals plus it keeps with time especially as these tournaments get bigger you know especially like qualifying tournaments yeah. Two out of three is fantastic. Also mm. interested in a group kind of round robin kind of thing. Group yeah, A, group I love B. that format. You know, come from StarCraft. They did that a lot for the uh, Dream Yeah, the Swiss so, format. Yeah, where you're each in a group and then you play everyone from that group and then the either the highest two down. or the two highest advance yeah. from the group stages. And I think but yeah, so it's like round robin in the group and then yeah, and then single elimination. Exactly. So round robin, you play everyone in your group. And then uh, the top, so depending on the tournament, top one or top two would advance to bracket play, to a standard bracket. So I think I like kind of like that mix. And I like, and again, I think and this is a time for us to be testing these things. But uh, yeah, I think I, I'd like to see a switch. Oh, switch tournament, switch Swiss <laughs> tournament, Swiss cheese and hungry. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'll let you guys. What do you guys think of a Swiss tournament format? So, I mean, there is a Swiss tournament that goes on every Saturday, I believe, the um, the ESL gaming uh, tournament. But uh, so, and that's just best of one. Every match is best of one, and it's like obviously Swiss format. So not it's not round robin. So no, everyone doesn't play everyone, but it's Swiss format. So you know you like play against the sort of similar score players and things like that. And um, in terms of just a quick tournament that's a bit different, I think it works. But in terms of like, I mean, the Swiss format's really good if it was like, if you could do best of five Swiss, like that would be fine. But best of one Swiss really like struggles to be competitively viable because, you know, like anybody can lose the best of one, honestly, to anything. Like you can, the best of one means nothing, right? So, um, so I'm not like, I'm only a fan of Swiss when it can 
What is, what is all that? Is it just me? Is the tons of background noise? Um, I'm only I'm only a fan of Swiss when you can actually do like play a highlight best of five or whatever, right? So, um, so and I just think I just think that's possibly not viable, not viable really for a tournament because it just takes such a long time to do. But one thing I would love to do before I pass over to Patrick, one thing I'd love to do is a league format, right? So you say you get the um, I've I've spoken to some people about this, and you know, like it, it's logistically a little bit difficult at the moment, but eventually I think people are interested in getting this done. But um, a league format where I don't know if anybody follows darts, but <laughs> there's a Premier League of darts every year. And then they sort of invite the top eight players. Like two people get invites from like the community. Four people get like you know like from the rankings or whatever. And then two people get invites from the the uh, tournament organisers. So they get like eight of the top players in the world. And then each week they play against you know one of the players. And then over the course of sixteen weeks they play against each other twice. So in this it could just be like over the course of like oh sorry eight weeks sorry. In this it could be over the course of four weeks. Everybody plays each other. And then um, that's right yeah four weeks yeah. And then in the last week you have like a, the top four ranked players in the league like play each other for a semi-final and then a final right and then that could be like best of five so i think like potentially i mean that because it you know just a tournament that stretches over weeks i think really like encourages people to like you know enjoy watching and stuff like if you know people are a big fan of cvh and stuff and you know big like you know they, they watch the favorite players turquoise link and things like that but then like even like lesser known players um, they they could like really get into supporting them over the course of the tournament. Like you know, somebody like upsets maybe and beats CBH, then the next week they'd be like, oh yeah, I want to see how you know he does against this player. And just seeing each of these players play against each other, and then you know the personalities come out. And I think it would be such a fun way to like get the community like and the players sort of involved together. And I think it'd be an amazing tournament to run. Um, it's not you know necessarily the absolute best like you know competitively viable sort of tournament, but then in terms of just like fun, and I think I think it'd be so enjoyable to watch a league format. Absolutely. You know, I think a league format would be cool because that's another way to qualify for like world finals. And I think leagues, again, I played a lot of StarCraft back in the yeah. day and they had a league format. These are two different games, but I think the concept of a league format kind of applies where like you play each other weekly, maybe weekly games or daily, depending on what you, know, you get league games, you get league points at the end of the Obviously, league. you can see League of Legends, right? So, Oh yeah, League of Legends <laughs> as well. Uh, I just got triggered by my terrible, terrible feeders. Not, <laughs> not again. Uh, but um, yeah, I think a lead format could be really cool. You know, especially with the whole, maybe, uh, I guess I'm thinking of teams, you know, like trying mm -hmm. to be built. Uh, oh, cool, sweet. Brings me another thing, like a team format. I know I talked about this with Atro briefly about, we talked about, uh, Country battles or something was it? We call oh, it. Oh, world, yeah, world cup. Yeah, like, a world cup will be sweet. I so, love a, world cup. a team of five, five on five. You pick, you bring, you all bring one deck, and then you pick mm -hmm. a different ordering. So essentially, you kind of like figure out the deck. You see the decks your opponent are playing, and you try to pin your, you know, your person with their matchup. So ideally, you want to pin your Ram Scout player against theirs. So there'd be there'd be picks of matchups. You get to pick, you know, who plays who first. And I think that, um, you know, and then I guess you would, and essentially you would play, you know, two people would play, maybe do a coin flip, team one picks, and then if team one were to win, team two now gets to take the remaining roster and continue. And I think that's just really cool, and it just encourages the competitive nature. And I think a World Cup kind of thing, it's just yeah. fun, you know? Like, I think that could be fun, too. You can have, like, you're mm -hmm. just, like, a team, you get different people get together. So, you know, like, lesser-known players who band together and form a team and try to battle and try to battle it out together. Definitely fun to watch. People just having some yeah. fun can form a team, enter it. 
And then at the end of the year, and end of it all, the World Cup, where the top mm-hmm. players from every region, you know, kind of duke it out in team format. And that's just, and it's just, and that takes the more you know relaxed competitive scene, like a fun kind of tournament where like it's about country and bragging rights. Maybe we'll yeah, have some, some yeah. prizes, but people, yeah, people enjoy that. You know, I see a yeah, lot. Absolutely. I watch streams and I see a lot of pride from people, and I love it. You know. I see the Russian and Portuguese players, especially actually, really have that countryism. You know, it's great actually. When my mom yeah. Rua was big on it, and I think and he's the kind of person who would love to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always chanting USA and freedom in various chats, so I for sure would yeah. like that. Your guys' thoughts on this? Astronaut, do you want to go? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I did. I did get inspired like about the idea by watching Starcraft Nation Wars. Mm-hmm. I really do think it was a fun time. Like the point about Nation Wars was that it's like uh it's like a battle between countries, but at the same time they're all so chill about it. Like <laughs> like there's bragging rights when you win, but like it's not competitive to the point where it like it feels bad when you lose. Like it was like a very mm. fine line how they actually organized that tournament. And I think it was really cool and I think it'd be great if we could pull it off here. Exactly, I think the relaxed format, like that, you have a you know the uh, end world tournament for singles that everyone's trying to go get it. Then you have the more relaxed for fun tournaments that have prizes, but like the world tournament, you know, like the mm. World Cup, you know, people streaming with a T-shirt of your country's flag, you know, uh, cut you off, Al, but go ahead. Yeah, like um, oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, sorry, go on. No, no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, so, so <laughs> everyone's uber polite. Look how polite we are. Already, already there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like, I, my thoughts on it is just like, I mean, you can see from other sports like football, I mean, what you call it, soccer or whatever, but uh, football, like, they... Which you people... you They're getting some, uh, some national pride in there. But uh, football, yeah, the, uh, the, the World Cup in that is obviously like, you know, the, the, it's the, like pinnacle of international competition everyone loves it you know people love getting behind the countries and things like that i think like you said it'd be better if it was like a really sort of relaxed like fun way i think they've done things like this in hearthstone where you know the sort of joke between like england america you know like things like that there's like jokes between certain countries rivalries and stuff and i think they do it in a really light-hearted way and it works fantastically i think like you said you could save the really high level comp- competition for like the world championship but then like a world cup just between like countries it'd be so fun and yeah. um just there'd be so many things you could do with that. I just think it'd be really nice. A team, a team format as well would be a really interesting way to do it. Like I know Arsenal's done that again, where you have like you know three or five players on a team, and then every player plays one of the games, and then you know you, like one player plays two or something like that. You have a team captain and things. Like I think it's just a really cool way of doing it. And then each of the players brings like you know like if you've got a, a country like America with the tons of like high level players, then obviously each player brings like the deck they're really good with, and then you get like a cool lineup. It's just I think just things like this would be a really good way to start off the. You know, like, you know, people might f- first think these sort of things are things to come in the future before after we've settled sort of, you know, normal tournaments, things like, you know, quote-unquote normal tournaments. But I think, actually, this would be a good way to, like, start the tournament scene, right? It'd be a good thing to, like, get... Because people get so excited about these cool tournaments, and then, like, if you just start with boring, like, you know, like, same old Conquest, best of three, you know, like, oh, like, people are just going to get bored of things like that, and people don't really want to see that, I don't think. I think people have seen it too much with Hearthstone and with other things. I think getting a World Cup, like, like soon would be such a wicked thing, and I think people would really get behind it, personally. That and other league format, or just things like that, I think, or, you know, just something like that, like a group stage 
you know, maybe even a group stage for World Cup if there were enough countries. Like, I have no idea how diverse the player base in this game is. I know there's obviously, like, you know, there's a few German players, Australian, tons of American players, uh, some Russian players. Like, I can't think of any other English player but me, but there's probably a couple of players. <laughs> But uh, like you know, maybe if we if we branch out to the UK, maybe we could find a couple of people. We'll let you join the American um, team because we're cool like that. Yeah, but, well, yeah, you could just have like you could you could have like you know different areas of America, even like there's. Like, so, but yeah, like like just you know, I think if there are enough, um, if there are enough people to to uh, to like make it that it would work, like even now or in even a few months, six months, something like I think it'd be a really cool idea. I think we're really we're like you spot on there with like a potential idea. I think with the World Cup. Absolutely. Yep, I mean, yeah. you mentioned Hearthstone, and yeah. yeah, I think like, like you know, instead of being like exactly the same, I mean, we're we're a CCG, so we're going to be similar in many ways. Yeah. But like, yeah. I feel like we have a really great community right now. Like, I'm not saying Hearthstone's community is bad, but it's just like, <laughs> no, really... it's pretty bad. It's pretty. Bad. <laughs> okay. it's like at the very least, I'll give it that it's very big right now. It's full yeah. of a different set of people on average mm -hmm. and i think we should play to our advantages like we can show people that we have this kind of fun community and we can just have a great time just playing like this together and also like about the format i was it, i was thinking more about like a relaxed format that i've seen and i also thought about um the all-star league that league of legends does yeah. before like the actual world championships mm -hmm. Like something like that, like maybe like a fan favorite team, like or like maybe you pick decks by, by with like voting or something like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely! I think we can do a lot of fun things, but I think you know, Bethesda's going to do their point part to build a community, uh, you know, competitive scene. I think it's up to us as the both the players and the, and the spectators to try to build these fun things out as well. You know, I believe if you can build it out, you know, clean enough. And nice, and you know, and like organized enough, but that's what definitely won't mind. You know, they already show support, you know, earlier today. They've shown they did a last two weeks, they've done the uh weekly their weekly show with a streamer, which is pretty cool. So, I think, and they you know, they give a new and they're willing to do giveaways as well as kind of reveals for sets. So, they're shown to you know support the community. So, if you go ahead and uh to kind of build these things out. If you build it, they will come. And when they come, they will definitely toss some possible support uh, our way, I believe, with trying to build these things out. But I think, you know, these different formats, like we used to have a popper format tournament, which I thought was pretty cool, which people would construct budget decks. Yeah. And then they do a tournament based off a fully budget. I believe you weren't allowed any, you were only allowed commons and rares. And that, was, and that yeah. stuff like that is cool, you know, like format like that, or format that challenges deck building, as opposed mm -hmm. yeah. to just... Like creatureless or something like that. Yeah, like a creatureless tournament, oh, that'd be great. Creatureless tournament, see people can cut. So there's more, there's definitely the competitive thinking, but also they can challenge the imagination, I think, would be excellent. And that's just fun to watch. Our popper tournament was cool to see what people would concoct now, now that you can't, you know, stuff... The Atromancers and you know the Hiking Amrics in your deck. <laughs> you now need to kind of figure out what to do. And I think people came out with some pretty sweet decks. Mm -hmm. So, were there any like fun special formats other than we've already mentioned you'd like to see? Um, 
I don't know what we haven't already mentioned. <laughs> I think we're like Prince, which is the only commons and resonant creature. So I think they're like two that popped into my head. But there's tons of stuff you can do with that, right? There's loads yeah. of stuff we can do. But I think so it's important to have a mix of like fun community stuff. Oh, there isn't enough of that in Hearthstone, right? Most of it's just high-level competitive tournaments. So fun community tournaments, but also you do need the competitive ones as well, right? Because there are like a there is an itching amongst like a lot of players, like myself, for example, to have like really high-level tournament play with like good prize pool and stuff like that, and like things to dedicate your time to. So I think a mix of those two things is good. And uh, obviously, just I mean, at the moment we only have three organizers that are running tournaments. Like there's a TSL Championship Series, the Monday run tournaments that you cast, and then the uh, the um saturday swiss tournaments i think they're the only three out from esl so that yeah i, mean, I just wish there was more people or there was more like you know obviously the community isn't huge at the moment so it's not really anybody can do it but like just there were more like community run events that were different and i think and if they just got more viewers as well right like for some reason like only the only one that gets really high viewers is the champion series right and i just think like if all these yeah. little tournaments got more viewers and things, it would just like it would just be a really good thing. And I'm not sure, you know, exactly why that is. I think it's just production quality, right? The production quality for the Champion Series, they put a lot of time into that and stuff like that. And there's a lot of them doing it. Like it's not just one person, so um, or one or two people. So if like if if it's possible to like let that develop, then just from a logistical standpoint, like it just I think the the community would really benefit. So I'm hoping that there's somebody out there who hasn't started yet and who just really wants to like push some sort of tournament right or hopefully the tsl championship series will like you know maybe here this or like they'll they'll you know think about things like this and just take it on board and think oh you know what? yeah we can actually make it like we can actually diversify a bit because it is we are really in the infancy of the game still um yeah. but i mean i've played the game since what, what july last year or something or august last year or something like that and um and like i've really wanted tournaments for a long time they've only just started <laughs> happening now right like really like there were tournaments there's been sort of you know, like specs of tournaments and like little splatterings of tournaments like for the past year, but not really anything big. So it's finally happening now. And I just think like we need to really push forward and like just, and you don't oversaturate, right? You don't have too many, but I think some really good, well-timed, well-run tournaments that are running different formats would be fantastic. And I'd love to see it. I think it'd do wonders for the, for the game. I'd really love it if like the sideboard format could really pick up. Like if, if like, you know, somehow you could you could afford like Jim can afford to cast longer and make like the tournament longer. Yeah, yeah. And just overall, like I mean, like I think there's a lot more that we can think about. Like, like people aren't used to people are used to playing decks on ladder, and then you change that a little bit to play it in like the championship series tournaments when you bring like your four decks. It's basically ladder decks. I mean, there are people like Peter Max, and there are like the rare other tournament only decks that people bring of course mm. but just um sideboard format has just been less researched overall is what i feel i feel like people can get a lot better at the sideboard format there's still a lot of room left for improvement and i just want the community to get that chance i want to see like a few months or maybe like a few weeks ahead like a really flourished sideboard format where people acknowledge that there's deep strategical thinking involved in it yeah, it's just it's so good for new players, right? Like it may not be the absolute best format for um, for, like you like I said, there's deep, there's like there's a level where you know it's like sort of a low barrier to entry and then really high like ceiling as well because the the cyber format does have so much thinking involved. Like I've, I've you know I've 
talked to Chuck Westling a little bit about it and heard him talk about it on his stream and stuff about like how the cyborg format is one of his favorite formats just because there's so much like diversity and complexity to it, but also like a new player can just you know throw a deck in, have like have 50 good cards, you know, 50 card deck, and then just 10 like decent cards to like throw into them. They can still have a decent shot of the tournament, right? So I really like that. I think there's a lot of potential for that format to work. I don't think you'd want a world championship or whatever to be run with that tournament. I don't think you'd want the high-end competitive like tournaments to run with it, but I think it really has a place in the community. And uh, and yeah, like just, I mean, even just little things like, you know, I, I, they do a really good job with that tournament, you, uh, Jim Class and, um, and Linehawk, but the uh, just things like a bit more advertising and stuff, I think would go a long way, right? And then just little things like that, like, um, it, it just, it, you know, there's, there's so much potential there, I think, to, to be tapped into it. He's the only person doing that format. So, like, I know. It's it's a really it's a it's a gold mine waiting to be to be like my so for the for the worst metaphor ever but yeah so <laughs> mm-hmm. so I just think uh, yeah there's there's so much left to be explored is the overall sort of sentiment I think of this podcast there's so much left to be explored with the tournament formats and there's so much left we can do but we need to do it like you know it things some somebody or something needs to happen for this for this to occur because it's happening really slowly. And a lot of that is because of Bethesda, you know, like, need to get the finger out or whatever, just please, I know they've been working on mobile race for, like, 10 months or whatever, but they need to, like, push tournaments soon, because, you know, like, all these new players are joining the game, and there's going to hit a point where they, like, mature, if you if you get what I mean, like, they're going to they're gonna become, like, good players themselves, and then they're going to be like, right, where are all the tournaments? So, this new influx of players is, you know, within maybe a few months, going to get to the point where they're going to be like, right, I want, I want tournaments now, so hopefully Bethesda's there to pick them all up. Yep. Absolutely. Um, wow. I really enjoyed the discussion. We are past a little bit, bit at the hour mark, it looks like. So mm. I think typically here is a good place to end. Uh, the official. <laughs> I know what would be fun. <laughs> I, I mean, heck, we could push this for 15 more minutes or so, maybe. Uh, it really depends. We're actually, you know, I'm being a bit rude. Normally I ask, is there anything else you two would like to talk about? Uh... What yeah, do you, you like? Have you talked one. about what the meta you think will become in the next month? Hmm, it's a good question. We haven't talked about it at all. Now. Well, you're the first person to actually answer yes to that question. Like, yes, thank you, Adrian. Let's <laughs> ask. Hey, guys, anything else you can talk about? And then silence. <laughs> God bless, Adrian. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. No, because I, I, I like, I like thought up like questions that you might ask before coming to the podcast, and like I was. No, that was brilliant. Like, I did prep as well, right? That's so good. Right? <laughs> That's a really good topic. So you know, like the uh, the, the format, because uh, and I mean, sorry, the not for, the format. I'm using the same format so many times. Now the uh, the meta, right? Like, the latter meta, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, it's uh, people keep saying that the meta is like stabilized, like it's just the same thing over and over again. But, I completely like, disagree with that. Right? I completely disagree. It's like shifting, people, yeah. that's, first of all, even those people. They like contradict themselves because they're like it's always the same crap over and over again, and then like one week they're saying it's always mid range, and then the next week they're yeah. saying it's always scout and stuff like that. But like... yeah, that's that's the classic like <laughs> the classic uh, TCG problem, right? That everyone complains about aggro, and then everyone complains about mid range, then everyone about <laughs> control, everyone complains about every deck, right? That's just the I way know. it is. Even combo decks, like the most skillful, arguably decks in the game, and stuff. People are like, oh, I hate playing against market archer. It's so dumb. Like the way you lose, it's like what? Like you hate everything. Why are you playing this game? Like, everything's bad. You know, I think right. it's the evolving meta. That's a good thing. People aren't noticing yeah. it, but you're mentioning it. Remember, Scout was everywhere for a while, so this is what people did. 
They played mid-range yeah. decks that slaughter Scout. Now That's what? People are like, doing like mid-range mage. It used to be more aggressive. It used to run crocodiles, yeah. but then it switched into Halfengar Marauder so that it could crush those control decks that just stay That's laid it. back. Like mm -hmm. the meta keeps changing in these little little ways. Like like especially someone like me that plays like every day. Like sometimes I just feel like the meta changes within like a span of a few hours. Like Absolutely. just like what decks are does. being run on the ladder right now. It's so mm -hmm. beautiful. Remember, like a week ago, people would tell you token decks suck. Consistency, <laughs> yeah. token mage, token crusader, and token spell sword. Token. Can we just sit a moment? Have a moment yeah. for token freaking spell sword resurging, even at yeah. higher levels. I thought that is just the most beautiful thing. Full circle. Eight was just such a powerful card. Like the the token spellster deck, it was possible the moment Skyrim came out. But like yeah. that's that's how long it takes for people to get over like their original ideas. Like they thought spellster would just be bad. They thought priest of the eight wouldn't be enough. They weren't. Yeah. They couldn't like see all the new interactions that were possible. Like siege catapult becoming somewhat viable now that you had the draws to fill up the board. Like there were like new synergies and stuff that people hadn't really researched. But like. That was with a deck that already existed, that like took a month to revive. Like, how many more decks do you think there are that haven't been discovered? Like, even like Control Spell Sword, it's still considered a meme deck by most people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I wouldn't have thought when Heroes Scan came out, you know, Spell Sword this month and stuff like you know, as per usual, no more Spell Sword. And then uh, and then now when I come into Spell Sword, it's literally like, oh, flip a coin, is it going to be token or or a control, right? And the the regular, I see Spell Swords all the time, and, and there's like a mix of control and and uh, token spells. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, what is going on? So I think, um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know, like, uh, a couple would be saying about mid range decks and like a lot of scout, a lot of mid range. There is quite a lot of scout and mid range just to flat, but I think honestly, like, the, the meta pre Heroes of Skyrim was a lot more unhealthy than it is now. Like, I think the meta's in such a good place. And like you said, like, I know Turquoise Link was saying to me, he thinks aggro token mage is the best deck in the game, right? And I think mid-range mages, right? That's that's insane. Like, aggro token mage didn't really even exist in, like, people's thoughts, like, about three weeks ago. And now people say, oh, you know, it's now the best deck in the game, maybe. And then, like, you know, in a couple of weeks, I bet it'd be something else. Like, it's just awesome. I think, um, I think that, it does, I mean, I, honestly, like, I, I kind of get people's sentiment, right, that... That like if on their portion of the ladder they're seeing like the same things and stuff like that. But I mean, all I can speak of at least the end of last season was that you know like fairly high legend or whatever. There was it really was like I played against quite a few different things to be honest. And that's a high legend where usually you see the same stuff because people need to yeah. accept right. So but now certainly at the start of the season for the first like five days or whatever the season that we've had so far, I played against tons of different stuff. You know, all through the ladder. So and obviously people do play different things at the beginning of the season, but. I really don't, just for me personally, I'm glad there's other people who agree with me. For me personally, only like, I just can't relate to these people who are saying they're seeing the same things over and over again. Like, of course, you're going to see more of Midrange Mage and Midrange Sorcerer and Ramp Scout. You're going to see of like, you know, I don't know, like Token Crusader or something, because like the deck's a lot easier to get into. You know, it's slightly stronger and things like that. But I just, I really think there's a lot of unexplored things. I mean, it's what CVH tells people that. to craft on his YouTube. So, of course, people are going <laughs> 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 to crazy how much that affects like the meta, isn't it? Like, it's so weird. So the meta is CVH's fault or something? Yeah. Is that what <laughs> you know, like, you know, if, if you win a tournament, people are going to be playing that deck everywhere. So then you just counter whatever won the last tournament. You know? like, CVH makes a video. Hey, he, I swear he made his mid-range something and I just played aggro battle. I played Prophecy Battle Mage. 
and scored all the points. I felt like we fixed. It was almost like match fixing, you know, like wow. <laughs> CBH tell them make a video, tell them to play this mid range deck. I'll play Propaganda Mage, <laughs> and I score a lot of points, you know. So I got I had London with it. So thanks CBH for that, you know. <laughs> it's all it felt kind of dirty, like we rigged the system, but <laughs> I know. And like Matt is saying it in the chat too, but like back when like like. Like when when you see like two prominent decks in the meta, it's not that hard to find a deck that's favored against both of those two decks yeah, and then yeah. just get a positive win rate. Like mm -hmm. that was the idea behind Control Spellstar to start with, just beat mid range, but like it worked fine. Mm -hmm. People should like like I think like it's partly because most of the people still don't have a lot of the cards. Like you know, like there are like the whales, the ones that have all premiums, <laughs> but like. Even people like me, like, like I try to be competitive, but I'm still nowhere near having all of the cards. Like, I mm. haven't played enough. So, like, that, I feel like I get limited in my experimentation a lot of the time. And I think that'll be worse for people that play, like, a little bit less than me. That'll have even less cards. And they just <clears throat> want to spend whatever little resources they get on whatever people say is the number one deck right now. And... It's like a little different in Hearthstone. Like people have like huge card pools to start with, and everybody picks up on the meta really quickly. But here, like people just need more time to like yeah. experiment. And yeah. I think it's like kind of like our privilege and like kind of like our duty as like the people with that experience and more resources and more time to play the game to like yeah. really try to push and discover everything that we really can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I absolutely agree with that. But I think as more players get better at the game, top-end yeah. players, like, you know, there was a time when there really wasn't that many, like, players in this game, right? Like, when the game first came out, everyone was discovering, like, basic things about the game, like what lane to play stuff in. But now it's got yeah. to the point where there's quite a lot of, like, you know, top... You know, you could, you could probably compile a list of top 200 players and they're all, like, of a similar, similar, you know, reasonably similar skill level and things like that. So, like, there's a bunch of players now who can try and innovate things. And it takes a lot of people to innovate a new deck, right? Like, one person yeah. usually, like, if you just had 10 people who were the best players in the game, it'd be really tough to create a new top-of-the-game, like, deck. But there's so many people who, like, sort of alternate. You can just look from week to, from month to month, sorry, between the top 100 lists, right? I know this top 100 list, like, yeah, this month, there's a lot of people there that I haven't seen before. And there's a lot of people there, you know, who have, like, you know, they're completely different positions than they were, like, last month and things like that. So, um, I think just just that shows that the, the, the as new players into the game, in a few months, that'll pay off. It's like, you know, when governments invest money in universities and then, like, in, in like, 40 years in the future, or, like, 20 years or something, then, like, they, they get the payoff, right? Because society's cleverer and then they've got, like, better people, right? So, like, it's like that with, with lists. Like, the, the, there's a lot more people entering the game now, so hopefully we're going to have, like, a surge of, like, new really good players in, like, however X months or the months that is. So, yeah. Um... I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, there's so many undiscovered decks, I think. I know, like, it's one thing that, like, never gets, like, experimented with a lot is Token Warrior. You know, like a sort of combo deck using Doomcrag and, and Nord Firebrands and Sharpshoot Scouts and things, and then Working just finishing the Northwind Outpost. Yeah, like, yeah, I saw it in your Discord, right? I've been trying to work on that, that deck for ages, right? I love the deck. I love combo decks. I love Nord Firebrand combo decks. They're my favorite thing in this game. Uh, Why wow, my cat's crying. Um, so... So, like, I just think that, you know, like, just that's one deck that potentially, like, if the, if you get the right balance right, it's just a few cards off being really strong. I just think it needs to get the right balance and things like that. So, um, yeah. so yeah, there's just there's just tons of unexplored things, honestly. Because everyone, yeah. like, it, and if, and if there's so many people, like, play, like, 
and you know this isn't say the meta style like so many people play like a set say 15 decks and that's still a really good diversity but then you know we need players to like experiment with things and i think yeah. thankfully there are a lot of top end players who use the like streaming platform and stuff to experiment with new decks which is cool like look at cdh's item sorcerer like you know he just like that item that uh, that deck was like you know it's completely changed it here as a skyrim completely changed even in the first week he created that and then like that, that lasted for quite a while and it's a pretty strong deck now like it's not top tier but it's a pretty decent deck so um, you know that's that needs more experimenting with, like you know, more tinkering with and things like that. There's tons of decks that need more tinkering with. So, and like inspiration doesn't always even come from the best players. Sometimes like it looks stupid on paper, but you just have to try it out. It works, and... yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like back to like the original question, like can <laughs> we like do we each have like a prediction for like how the meta might develop in the next month? Will it still be like mid range sorcerer and scout or like? Well, that's an interesting thing. Um, <clears throat> so people. So let me just kind of go through memory lane. Met let me walk you all down meta lane. Um, <laughs> so here, you know, in the uh, here's a Skyrim. The scout rose to prominence, and scout players rejoiced up until mid range nation attacks. But <laughs> the mid range nation felt fantastic. But little did they know a prophecy would be fulfilled for the token <laughs> that were actually faster than them mm. to outrace them to out. To go wider, to go harder than them. And the mid-range guys don't know what to do. So then the mage players are like, hey, crocodile, you suck. Uh, <laughs> hey, get lost. Hey, Matakora, baby, you're in. Let's go. And I think now control mages on the rise in control decks. The you know, ice storm. Exactly. Those mm. token decks are so good against the mid-range. So control can now find a way, you know? You have people yeah, playing yeah. a mix of decks. Control can finally, like, yes, tokens, yes, rise to Like, I said this on Jim's Discord. Like, I said that, like, if token turns out to be weak, like, if Crusader turns out to be weaker than people thought, then Control Mage will just be in the same place. But if tokens actually become tier one, they'll be the one that pushes out, like, Scout and makes Mage, which is a counter to tokens, like, close mm -hmm. up to, like, tier above two. Yeah. And like, well, I mean, when you say token crusader, it's a little thing. Like, do you mean like aggro token crusader, and not the combo variant? Because the yeah, combo like variant that. destroys control mage, right? So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I the mean, aggro like version. the aggro variant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely something that happened. Like the meta. So you think the meta is going to develop? Like by the end of this month, do you think it'll be control mage? Like dominated? Do you think like it'll go even quicker than that? Like tokens no, will get countered be... by control mage now, and then like we're going to see like more ramp scout again, and then more mid range is going to be that cycle. I think, I think a by lot the end of... of the month, people are going to complain that um, that Riften Pickpocket is OP. Because, hmm. <laughs> like, Control Mage runs on Riften Pickpocket, and, like, people yeah. are eventually going to see how Control Mage crushes Scout by using, like, Thieves Guild Shadowfoot and Riften Pickpocket to steal all their value cards. You think Control Mage is favored against Scout now? Oh, it's controversial. No, yeah. no, no, like, look. <laughs> It's just, despite, I don't know if like Link doesn't just doesn't want this to like get out in the open, but he was experimenting with a control. Oh no, you're revealing those experiments to us. Well, you can't do that. This is this is for the tournament scene. Tell us. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. It begins the scouting. No, no, no. I did it publicly on my stream, so it's probably fine. Like he asked me to be a practice partner. He told me to just use my control spell sword deck, like because yeah. he wants to see how it match up against Scout, mm -hmm. and. Like it wasn't perfect then. Like, like, like my my spell sword won the matches, but like you could see that 
stealing value cards in a control matchup was really powerful. Like he had a much stronger end game than a Solter deck, a Solter Pissgrove deck. Like he had a much better end game. So yeah, I think man. there's possibility there if he just like tones down the end game a little bit and actually like I had to race him. I won because I raced with like the six six dragons, the ramp yeah. dragon. So like it was interesting. Like as I never thought I'd meet a slower deck running ramp control spell sword, but there it was, his variant of mage. So mm. I think something's going to happen and control mage is definitely going to be in the center of it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think okay. that's true. You know, Thea skills Shadowfoot's a card people that's very interesting to me. Cause it doesn't copy the card, it straight up steals it. I know. And I tested that card quite a bit, and there is some very, very powerful steals. Have you ever seen Control Spell Sword run four Hiscroves? I have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my opponent, my first opponent in Grand Melee. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's good. Stealing, not only denying him the Hiscrove, which is a big thing, denying it, mm. but then using it against him. You know? Mm. Have you ever Control Spell Sword and stolen an Atromancer? Jeez. That yeah. card, that frustrating card that's so hard to deal with, I just stole it, and I'm going to use it, and it's going to be glorious. It's pretty sweet. You can play on, like, turn 7 or 8 as well with the right one. <laughs> you can play before their yeah, after so, so, like, a control mage loses, to, or, like, you know, I don't know, like, America or something loses to, to his own Atromancer. Oh, well, stealing America would be a, a dream. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the really. 1 in 50 chance, Hyrule. Mm. Got him. Yeah, pretty sweet. I don't know, like, I... Right, as much as like control mage is like you know I don't kind of like controversial deck like you know like you say now like people are trying to still work on ways to beat ramp scout is like worst match but it's pretty good against a lot of other things. I just, I just for some reason I always feel like control mage is gonna like you know it's been it's been a really dominant deck throughout the history of the Elder Scrolls Legends basically as long as I played it's been a really strong deck at all points and I think maybe the era of it being that strong is like I don't know do you know what I mean it's, see I, I don't want to say it's coming to an end but I think it's definitely toned down now right like. I, I know there's plenty of decks that I play that destroy Control Mage, right? And then maybe it's just, I don't think that necessarily reflects in the meta, just because, like, nobody plays Token Crusader, nobody plays, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, uh, <clears throat> Market Archer or something like that, right? Nobody plays these Token Combo decks, so, so like, it, it probably isn't going to be meta-defining, but... Market Archer. I don't know. Yeah, Market Archer, right? It's sweet! It's a sweet deck! Feels uh, so but... bad to lose to. <laughs> so oh, uninteractive. What? I couldn't do anything. No. <laughs> Why this did right? people say this? Why did people say it's uninteractive? Because oh, you tried you know, to interact. Actually, I have a really memorable time about Market Archer. Because like mm-hmm. I had to come back from one health for the win during like the the first time I went on Jim's um sideboard tournament. Yeah. Twice. Two <laughs> games like out of the best of like three. The two wins I got were both from one health comebacks against Market Archer, and like, Jeez. just watching him drain my health from like twenty to one. <laughs> just How does that I don't want to. I don't want to call out the person we play against. Like, why did you go in on that turn? Like, <laughs> surely you wait until you're lethal, right? <laughs> the, mis- the miscount. I <laughs> know oh, that's it. Miscounting twice, you feel well, man. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so that math class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to university and take an extra math. I gotta relearn that. 
I mean, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Just speaking to the uh, to like what the medicine going to be like. I think it's really hard to predict, right? It, it's, the thing it's so tough to predict because we don't know what CVH is like. You said new video is going to be. We don't know what. Uh, we don't know what like all these top players are going to bring to the tournaments, right? Like two thousand people watch these championship series tournaments. Two thousand, three thousand people. Like a lot of those are going to be like, oh, I'm going to play that that winning deck on stream. I mean, on not stream, sorry, on ladder. And then uh, because the deck lists are shown, right? The deck lists are public, so I think that may have a big influence. So whatever people are bringing to this tournament. Um, so if anybody's got any, any insider information there, let me know if you Because I want that, I want that three hundred dollar prize or whatever it is. So, uh, but yeah, I, oh, who sweet. knows? You know, that's right. Oh wait, that's like in two days or something. Yeah, that's tomorrow. It's tomorrow for me. Jeez, that's so soon. Right. Oh damn, I have no idea what I'm bringing either. <laughs> no. Well, that's one plan, problem bro. I have with like the multiple deck formats. I don't have four decks that I'm proficient <laughs> at. Like, really? I just, yeah, I test your skill, bro. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about this, right? Like, what are people like? There's a different style of player. Uh, I've talked about this with uh, so a few people in Hearthstone and things. Like, the style of player that wants to play one deck, like a thousand games or like ten thousand games, or something, just get really good with it. And then the type of player who wants to play like, a bunch of decks, like a hundred games, and like get decent with a load of decks, like you know, if you like, I, I know I played like I don't know, it's got to be like a thousand games in America or something in like a few months ago. Like I just played it all the time and then uh, got really good with it, or whatever, and then just like moved on to another deck. And I really like playing one deck to the absolute extreme. But what are you guys like? Do you like mixing things up or do you like really like learning everything? You know, like changing one card in a 50 card deck and thinking, oh, what changes is that going to make in your stuff like Do you really like pushing a deck to its limits or what? I did that for like two weeks with Control Spell Sword, changing yeah, one I know card. You, I know you're a big fan of Control Spell Sword. <laughs> oh, yeah. We sat down and just talked about Control Spell Sword rages. Didn't want to mm-hmm. run Maroc. Didn't want to run Don's Wrath. Then he met a, an old man named Jim Glasser. <laughs> the wise old sage. I didn't have Dawn's Wrath, to be fair. But I, I made you craft them. You made me craft it, yeah. I was like, no, trust me. It is a good card. <laughs> but all right. Sweet card in this man. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, so but I will say it's impressive you were winning so much without it. <laughs> like jeez. But alright. We're about an hour. We're quite a bit over the hour. I think we got a yeah. lot to talk about. This is a lot of fun. So now, yep, nice. I'd like to thank my co-host, Atronach Atronach, and you can call me Al. Uh, 